0: geneva suggestions
1: it's not water boring if you use diesel hey guys this is hard time strongman podcast training up a better class of man and today we're continuing our ranger handbook bridge series with chapter two operations This chapter provides techniques and procedures used by infantry platoons and squads throughout the planning and execution phases of tactical operations. Specifically, it discusses the troop leading procedures, combat intelligence, combat orders, and planning techniques and tools needed to prepare a platoon for combat
0: operations.
1: So what that actually means is this is the admin phase.
0: This is the stuff that you guys normally slept through if you were in. Or, you know, at least didn't pay attention.
1: Right, you know, you... You know, smile and wave, you nod your head like,
0: yes, sir, I totally understood that. Yeah. I'm supposed to go over there. Yeah, you Uh, act like you're writing in your right-in-the-rain notebook while you're (laughs) just physically thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner. And you're honestly just, you know, coloring in all the grid squares.
1: Yeah, we've all (laughs) been there. That's okay. (laughs) But uh, this is actually the important stuff when we're considering being gorillas, being our own uh, isolated forces and bring our communities together and actually leading these communities, whether that's in an unrest an actual like militant, uh, context, or, you know, just an emergency situation, you know, anything that would require you to pick up that admin role, because if you are in this space, if you're in this community, you will be taking on some kind of leadership role. Because everyone who is not in this space, everyone who is not in this community, is going to be looking to you for guidance. So, make no mistake about that. Let's have that be absolutely clear. So, this chapter specifically is going to provide you the framework for how to manage your forces, for how to, uh, you know, get your get your people off the ground. These these are your
0: troop leading procedures.
1: Exactly. So. Strupling procedures being, so eight steps. Step one, receive your mission. Step two, issue a warning order. Step three, make a tentative plan. Step four, initiate movement. Step five, conduct reconnaissance. Step six, complete the plan. Step seven, issue the operation order or op order.
0: And step eight, supervise and refine. So when we're talking about step one, you're receiving the mission. So what are we talking about there? This is the mission that's being handed down from on high. So this is going to be coming down to, at least in the military, this came down in the form of an op, board, an op order or as a fragmentation order, a FRAGO. This really only applies to the planning preparation of an operation.
1: So, so in, a, in a civilian context, this could look like uh, you know, you just had a hurricane or you had a tornado roll through. You're right. re- re- recouping, you're regrouping, getting your buddies, your families together. And, you know, while the wife says, Hey, glad everybody's safe, but we have no water. Or, Hey, the Andersons down the road, you know, uh, they're, they're roof caved in and they don't have a place to sleep tonight. Or, such and such needs the supplies or anything. So, you are presented with a problem, yep, a mission, and then you need to to start working that figuring out what to do with
0: that right it's 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 that's all it is it's just you receive a problem and you're either told how to fix it or just given parameters on what needs to be done but you're you're it's the overall hey this is the problem fix it step one receive the mission hey here's your problem figure out how to fix it step two is to issue a warning order or a warno or it could be called a Warn Ord, which is weird. I, I don't like that. Uh, well, we said a Warn Yeah, it's a warno. Yeah. So there's five paragraphs of this as well. These may include uh, the type of operation that it is, be it that it's like tactical operation, rescue or operation, uh, recovery operation, whatever. You're going to get the general location of the operation, the uh, timeline of it, what kind of reconnaissance or recon to initiate, your movement to initiate. So how you are going to get there? Your planning preparation instructions, including the timeline, the information requirements that you're going to need, and the commander's critical information requirements. This is when METTC comes into play. So you're going to be doing mission intent and concept from the higher leader's problem. Like, hey, this is a problem. From there, you're going to be figuring out exactly how you're going to go about fixing it. So this is where you're going to establish unit tasks. And they're going to be clearly stated, specifically, or tasks that are going to become apparent as the uh, op order, operations order is analyzed. So these are the implied tasks. Specifically, it'd be like, okay, tree's down on this power line. There's no power to it. The implied task is, okay, we're going to go cut up that tree and move it so that the power company can not get to the lines.
1: Implied task is... And- you know, keeping security, keeping people away from mm-hmm. you know if it's an active line, keeping people a safe radius away from you know that
0: obvious hazard. Inside that uh, that tentative plane, you're also going to have constraints. So this is what is going to prohibit or require in action. You're also going to have mission essential tasks. So everything that needs to happen within that, like no fail, these tasks have to be done. And then of course you're going to restate your mission with who, what. When, where, and why?
1: So, two things I wanted to highlight before we uh, continue. So, when I think of a warno, um, a warno is just the just the very bare bones of what you need to to get started. Right. Right. So, Super when basics. you issue, so when you issue a warno, it's hey guys, this is what we're doing. This is our time frame. This is what we have available. Go. And as you know, after you initially warn out, then all of your subordinate leaders, all of your subordinates are moving and starting to, you know, get that machine running and get, you know, things rocking, ready to go. And while they're doing all all the necessary preparation, all necessary, you know, preparatory work, that's when you're getting into all these finer details. That's where you're like, you know, you know, in the parallel, you're working on that tentative plan and you're going through all you know, all of your applied tasks, all your units, all your constraints, all of your, um, you know, figuring out what's necessary, you know, all that stuff. And the other thing I wanted to touch on, again, we've touched on this before, um, large body in the community know what METC is, but METC, for those who do not know, it stands for mission, enemy, time, terrain, troops available, and civilian considerations. So. Metisie is, you know, always a consideration. A lot of times it's a crutch for people to kind of lean on when they don't really know what they're talking about. But
0: it is, you know, obviously in play here in the playing process. So this next bit is going to be concerning if you're actually concerned that there is going to be some kind of resistance or enemy force in the area. This is when uh, OKOK comes into play. So we're talking about uh, observation and fields of fire, avenues of approach, key terrain, obstacles, and cover and concealment. So when it comes to an enemy, you're going to be uh, analyzing the composition of forces and weapons that they're bringing to the fight or could bring to the fight. Uh, you're going to be analyzing their disposition. So how are they arrayed in the terrain, uh, defensive positions, uh, assembly area, or are they marching in a, some kind of formation or moving in some kind of formation that way? Strength. So that's going to be looking at troops. You're looking at troops. You're looking at number of troops that are coming or possible troops. That could be even a percentage of their strength. You're also going to be identifying their recent activities. So seeing if they have been active in that area or if they have future intentions of being active in that area, such as patrols. You're going to be looking at their reinforcement capabilities. So whether or not they have a reserve force, how far away that reserve force is, and their method of movement if they called up that reserve force. And then you're going to be thinking up of possible courses of action. So what are they going to do if A, B, or C happens to them? this is the same thing that we do, but you're analyzing it for the enemy. Also need to keep in mind observations and fields of fire and avenues of approach. Those are two huge things to keep in mind with this. Because that can either make or break anything that you do. You want to have the upper hand no matter what. As such, you need to keep in mind the offensive considerations for both yourself and the enemy. Key terrain is any location or, or area that the seizure retention or control of that terrain gives a significant advantage to either side. You're going to be looking for obstacles. So something that's there, that, like a fallen tree, a disabled vehicle, a a river that's not passable, something like that. Those are all obstacles that you need to keep in mind. And you need to also... Analyze for cover and concealment. There is a difference, folks. We've gone over this several times, but you're going to be looking for that in the area as well because camouflaging positions can be incredibly deadly if a sniper is in those areas. That will hinder all sorts of things. Or gun so teams. There, or gun teams, correct. They yeah. like the
1: German pill bottles. But the, the thing is to... Something to think about, too, and we've talked about all of this before. This is an implied task. You should already be doing this.
0: So that brings us to our our step four, which is your initiation of movement that also kind of envelops with uh, step five and six, which are conduct reconnaissance and complete the plan. So when you're initiating your movement, that just means that you are actually moving while the leader is still planning. This, honestly, in modern military, at least with us, never happened because we were always established especially well deployed on a tactical base on a FOB so all this was done prior to us even leaving we did we never did initiate movement not unless we were already I'd, out
1: I'd, I'd say on a
0: micro level micro level yeah so you're getting so your, like, you're ready you're you're organizing you, right so you
1: know that you're your you know you're only going to a mission tomorrow so mm-hmm. your team is like
0: Hey, we probably
1: go get our guns, you know, know, yeah, do all your PCCs, PCIs, you know, make sure your trucks are, you know, all gassed up everything. So that's what, that's my takeaway from initiate movement. You know, it's not, you know, as, as free as, you know, smaller organizations where you can, you know, your initiate movement, your conjunctive recon and your, you know, those two things are helping your leaders complete the plan. Right. And yeah, honestly, so not as I,
0: much. We weren't able to do it much on that level, but that's right. That's my takeaway. Right. And honestly, like I usually take the Ranger handbook as with a grain of salt for the most part, because most of these tactics seem to have been developed off of a time when it was like Rogers Rangers. So they were quite literally out there, possibly behind enemy lines. You know they had all their stuff on them, so they literally needed a reconnaissance. They needed to get their stuff moving prior to the plan being completely done, so that they were in a position that as soon as it was done, they received it. okay, this is what we're doing specifically go, but with a modern force, like you said, that's on a micro level that's you know, hey, here's a warno, here's what we're probably gonna be doing um this is what you're probably gonna need here's our constraints. Go get you guys ready. Get your equipment ready.
1: Going back to your point about
0: Rogers Rangers,
1: and I feel like just you know an unnamed uh yo unit with a little more autonomy, right? If you're you know taking this as more of a li- uh, more of a micro level, right? So mm-hmm. initiate movement. Hey, get all my guys up. Do my PCCs, PCIs, all my you know uh lower tier leaders, all my younger leaders, have all that handled. Then I can go grab my map, do a map reconnaissance of where I know I'm going to be going. Maybe I send out a leader's recon, right? Just these little things so that when you, you know, get your, you know, final op board, when you, you know, get your second, third fragos, then you already have a better idea of, you know, how to push that along. All that to say, does it really work in big army right now? Not as far as I've seen. No. Moving right. on. Step yeah. seven, issue the op order. So, platoon squad leaders normally issue oral op orders to aid and understand the concept of the mission. If possible, you should issue it with a couple additional aids. So, if you're inside of the objective, if you're on defensive terrain, or if you're, you know, and most of the time we would see on a terrain model or a terrain sketch. Right. That's how we would mainly do it in practice.
0: Sand tables. Um,
1: sand tables. Mine. My entire life is not a stupid table. Uh (laughs) uh, most of the time, if you're a good leader, you know, have your spores repeat everything back to you, demonstrate that they know what they're doing, know what their job is, know what everybody else's job is. You know, two levels up, two levels down, you know, quiz your dudes, make sure they understand the bigger picture stuff. Because, you know, for army doctrine, you need to be ready to pick up two levels up. So if I'm a lowly, lowly private, if I'm a little rifleman, you know, me against the world. And my team leader goes down. I need to be able to pick up this spot in order to pick up his spot. I need not know what my mission is. I right. can't be asleep while someone's giving me the op order. Right. And step eight, supervise and refine rehearsals, 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 drag your guys over to the turret model, Show them the sketch or sketch, walk them through your glass houses. Right. Actually have your guys practice, you know, moving through and doing their tasks. A lot of the time this going to reveal weaknesses in your plan. A lot right. of the time, if you're looking at the map and you're like, oh yeah, we were way too close to that adjacent unit, you know, that's ground on green waiting to happen. That, you know, helps foster confidence, you know, when everybody can actually see something happen when they actually see the mission playing out, you know, all these dry runs really, really help when you're actually going to accomplish the mission. Right. So different things we can rehearse your actual actions on the objective guys, actually, you know, running to these individual class houses. granted this takes space, right. This takes time, uh, breaching obstacles. You know, if you're worried about sound and light discipline, obviously that's a no go, but gay guys out with their weapons, to actually go through the motions so it's not a shock when you're presented with new terrain or new spaces really helps these younger guys get into you know get into the mission and get into the mindset so they actually perform and this also gives you a you know quote unquote safe place to you know to throw wrenches in the plan you know like unexpected enemy contact or bam your saw gunner's
0: down or whatever. So this is also not a chance for you to micromanage. At any point, this should not be an opportunity for you to micromanage everything that's being going on. You're literally just confirming at this point that your guys know what they're doing. They're showing you that they know what's going on and that they know their job. Like if you as a leader have done your job, this should not be. Anywhere close to a chance for you to micromanage? It should just be you standing on the sidelines, watching what's going on, and be like, "Cool, all right, cool, let's go." A thousand percent. You need to have
1: trust in your junior leaders. You have to, you have to let them have that autonomy. So, in a non-military context, right? So, you know, we just had a, a tornado in in Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, seeing on Instagram these guys saying, "Hey, we need radios." Hey, we need, you know, help with, you know, gain water down here. Hey, we need, you know, we grabbed a group of guys and we're helping to, you know, tarp up, you know, this family's roof. So some of this may not apply, but, you know, going to step eight, supervising and refining, if you've, you know, given your mission, Hey, we're going to collect water from the Walmart down the street and we're going to break it six blocks up to this church where it can be distributed to the community. Okay. You don't need to tell all the guys that you've tasked out how to do their job. A few ways that we can rehearse this. So uh, confirmation brief reduced force and full force. So confirmation brief really this is just key leaders and they're just talking through, you know, briefly the actions on ob- you know during the op what you know key people are going to be doing. Okay. This is conducted twice, so right after a frago so right after a fragmentary order when something has changed and after your swarms after your junior leaders develop their own plan and then reduced or reduced force rehearsal uh this is a lot of time when you're constrained on time and resources right so when you don't have all your people or when you're on a time crunch and then your techniques rehearsal that's a lot of the really tactile stuff. So make sure that all your radios are, you know, keyed up, ready to go. This is where you're actually going into your sand table, your terrain model, uh, and then something called an ROC, so a rehearsal concept. Rehearsal concept where guys actually, you're know, talking about going through a, you know, quote unquote glass house. Guys are actually moving themselves through the operation, actually pushing themselves through the scenario, through the operations so that, you know, like I said before, it's not a sudden, you know, like tactile surprise when they're having to do something. And what we alluded to before, so your PCCs, PCIs, your pre-combat checks and pre-combat inspections. So you're checking your guys' weapons and ammunition, their equipment, all right? So their clothing, their uniform, all your miss- all, all of your mission essential equipment. Make sure that your dudes actually understand what's going on, understand their mission, <laughs> understand their responsibilities, and also a little broader understanding everyone else's responsibilities so that if something isn't getting done, they can pick that up. Checking your comms, make sure everybody's got food and water, if applicable, your camouflage. And we're making sure that all the deficiencies that we found earlier
0: are getting handled at this time. And that leads us into your intelligence or combat intelligence, which could be an oxymoron. Don't say it it. you're in. You said it. Yeah, I, I did. There it is. This is nothing more than <sighs> gathering information, whether this be uh, signal intelligence, human intelligence, what have you. Uh, this comes down in or should be presented in the form of a salute report. So you're thinking uh, size. So that's the amount of enemy personnel you're looking at. Activity, what direction they're traveling, uh, if they're traveling at all, location. So their exact location at the time of the report. uh, Unit uniform, like what they're wearing, whether or not they had, say the, the Chinese emblems on their lapels or not.
1: So I just want to say that we're going to be getting into, uh, when we dig into a little bit more of our uh, weapons familiarization, is being able to identify key uh key pieces of equipment okay so you should be able to tell the difference between a m4 an aug a type 95 and ak-47 that can just
0: glance, be valuable information potentially so next on that is your time that's that's the time that you noticed this activity going on and the equipment which we just talked about whether or not they're carrying a machine gun an m4 whether Machete. or not they have a rocket launcher, machetes, unarmed spears, rocks, whatever.
1: Be as specific and concise as you can. Right. Because when you're setting up this report, you know, whether that's through word of mouth, whether that's written, whether that's via radio, whoever you're reporting to does not see this. You need to be specific and you mm-hmm. need to be quick about it. Because that time is very, very important between time, you know, of you seeing it versus when, you know, some, you know, your higher leadership, whoever's passing on that information actually receives that report. That can change everything. Something else I wanted to add about the silver report. A lot of times you can, uh, you know, if you're stressed for time or, you know, importance, you know, meant to see dependent, right? Um, you can shorten this down to a SALT report. So size,
0: activity, location, and time. This week's episode is brought to you by FieldSeats.com. FieldSeats.com is an e-commerce federally licensed firearms dealer. They provide virtual reviews on brand new firearms, optics, and gear. Or at the end of the review, they give away the item being reviewed to an attendee.
1: Currently, they've got reviews ranging from the Shadow Systems MR920 for $35, the Springfield M1A for $65, or Chichicon a with RMR for $60, each review has limited seating, so your chances of winning the giveaway are that much higher.
0: Check out FieldSeats.com to purchase your reviews and enter to win the item being reviewed. And use code STRONGMEN to get 10% off your order.
1: Be sure to check out their Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Field underscore seats for updates on products and other tips and info.
0: Use code STRONGMEN to receive 10% off your entire purchase at fieldseats.com. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Thanks for listening, guys. Now back to the episode. Stay in the fight. Along with these reports, try to include a field sketch, so a sector sketch with each report. So this should denote your targets, objectives, obstacles, sectors, uh, limits, your left and right, troop dispositions, and locations, but uh, we're using symbols for this on ADRP one 2 We can send a link to that in our description. Mm-hmm. Whenever you are, you know, if you need to use notes to explain your drawings, do so, but don't let it clear up the sketch. You're trying to give someone a snapshot of what's going on. That's all set all a sector sketch is. We'll talk about this whenever we uh, go into like patrol base operations. But as with the slew report, whoever you are passing off this information to doesn't see what you see. They don't hear what you hear. So you need to be able to pass off that information accurately and quickly. Correct. And the Lear collects captured documents and turns them in with the reports, MRC document with the time and place of capture. If you're pri- if prisoners are captured during a patrolling operation, they should be treated according to the Geneva Convention. Geneva suggestions. It's not water if you use diesel. Anyway, um, so the five so, s's so five s's of a uh, prisoner of war so search silence segregate safeguard and speed to the rear so this isn't explained in the ranger handbook at least in this chapter but we'll go into it a little bit so search you are searching your captive right obviously please let this be an implied task you are removing any weapons from them okay You're searching them for wires. You're searching them for actual intelligence, cell phones, radios, anything, maps, maps, pieces of, you know, notepad that they've written on anything, anything and everything. This is a good use. If you have a, uh, if you have a dump pouch on your kit, great use case for that. Um, You also use, you know, just canvas bag, anything that you're using, your assault pack, anything that you're using to collect that, uh, collect those items, uh, make sure to check, you know, and, you know, inside the cuffs, under collars, waistbands, anywhere that you would hide something, check there. All right. The second S silence. So I won't hide. I won't tell you how to do this, but you are silencing your prisoner, You're silencing your captive so that they cannot communicate, uh, with, you know, if you have multiple, captives right so this has to do with your noise and light discipline this has to do with just keeping off sick everything make sure they can't talk make sure they can't communicate with each other or others segregate once again if you have multiple uh prisoners keep them separated this this is incredibly important it's incredibly important for uh just ensuring that you do not have an escape because people working together are far, far more likely to be able to escape than if they're uh, you know, sequestered, if they're individuals. And silencing and segregating them immediately stops them from coming up with a cover story. It stops them from getting their lies straight. So you have a better chance of getting actually accurate information.
0: Her time strongman is not endorsing locking a prisoner in a broom closet. But you can do that. But objectively speaking, that's probably not a bad call.
1: And safeguard. So safeguard your prisoner. Right? Their well-being is very important to you for a number of reasons, not just PR, not just relations with whatever host nation, whatever adversary you have with, not just because you know of a moral or you know value-based decision making, but because if they do have valuable intelligence and your enemy knows that they may try to eliminate that prisoner in order to stop you from gaining that information through interrogation so safeguard your prisoners make sure that they you know stay breathing because they could be important later and speed to the rear same same vein on that get them to your headquarters get them to higher headquarters get them to you know, whatever their next stopping place is going to be so that you can get that information out of them so that you can, you know, continue on with their intel. Whole point of the warno being that it gives your sports advanced notice of an upcoming operation. So get, gives it gives you time, time to yeah. prepare. So your warno gives you Exactly. Warno gives you bare bones, hey guys, we're going out at this time to do this. So you know, all your sporting leaders can get their stuff together, get their dudes together, get prepped, so that you know, once you lay out the more you know detailed op or then they're ready for that. Just gives your dudes time to get everything running. All right, so an operation or so an op or is a directive issued by a leader to sports in order to affect the coordinated execution to a specific operation. It is you giving the full mission, the full mission parameters
0: everything. You're giving the entire... It is, it is the whole uh, kit and caboodle. It is everything that you've been planning just dumped. But in
1: down to the fashion. Down to the weather. So yes. you're giving your dudes the entire full picture. So when you give this, it's in a five-fair format. While you're giving all of this, you're also using your train models. You're actually using your sketches along with your maps to give you guys you know one big warm and fuzzy
0: right so you want to go over the five paragraphs sure first one is situation second one is mission third one is execution fourth is your service support fifth one is your command signal so what we're talking about here is with your situation you're talking about the enemy forces you're talking about how the situation is playing out whether it includes the enemy the weather and terrain You're talking about the enemy forces capabilities, their probable course of action. You're also talking about your friendly forces. So this is to include the mission of the next higher unit, as well as the adjacent ones all around you. So left, right, front, rear, all of them. This also includes your mission and location of supporting elements, what they're going to be doing to help out what you're doing. This also includes all attachments and detachments, whether this is medics, snipers, FOs, weather engineers, dudes, special forces, everything. engineers. Yes, all the that all is included there. Second paragraph is your mission. So this is this is the who, what, when, where, why. And when we talk about where, we're talking about specific coordinates. Following that is your execution. This is your concept of the entire operation, your scheme maneuver. This is your formation, your route, your tactical missions to support other units, or Camaritan. this is your tactical mission to subordinate units. This also includes your coordinating instructions, how all of this is going to mesh together and what's going to happen should something happen with those two, or should something happen with that specific unit.
1: Yeah, I just want to say with the commander's intent, what we mean by that is it's a clear, concise statement of what you need to do and the conditions that are established. You know, talking about your friendly enemy terrain, civil considerations. How all of that needs to fit together in order to meet the quote unquote Khmer's intent. So, I think you guys need to do this in this way.
0: So, when I think of that, I think Operation Market Garden, World War II. Ex- explain. Netherlands. So, Operation March- Market Garden was the operation to try to help liberate the Dutch people from the Nazi occupiers, but they had constraints. To where, yes, this is what we want done. However, there cannot be any civil ca- civil casualties and you cannot destroy um buildings. That's really, really hard when you're facing in World tanks War II? In World War II. Goodness. Yeah. It caused a lot of casualties, and needless to say, we lost that operation.
1: <laughs> this is this is why we stress that you need to give your
0: junior leaders autonomy
1: and you know maybe it's no fault to the to that commander you know maybe that was you know intent from on high that he had no control over mm-hmm. i i personally i do not know right but if you need something done you need to give your junior your junior leaders autonomy right I can almost guarantee that's where you're going to have greater success correct you know let guys get creative if you give them their left and rights you know obviously you know don't shirk on you know doing your dues as a senior leader, right but you know give your guys as much as autonomy as you can because that's where you're going to you know get really creative really great solutions that right. you probably haven't thought of
0: mm mm-hmm. and when I say it was a failure i I simply mean uh do you uh Allied forces managed to liberate the city of Imhoven and a couple others, but the main focus of why they were doing this was to secure a bridgehead over the Rhine and their advance got halted short of that. So in essence, it was an operational failure. Okay. So that brings us to uh, service support. We're, when we're talking about that, we're talking about supply. We're talking about transportation. We're talking about medical evacuation, personnel and prisoners of war. When we're talking about supply, sustainment, we're talking about your food, your rations, your uniforms and equipment, your arms and ammunition, and your captured material. Uh, transportation, that could simply be how you're getting around. Medical evacuation, that's your CASVAC. That's medical evacuation, whether you're doing, if you have access to a helo, you're doing helo. Whether or not you're doing car, horse, whatever, that's what that falls into. Arms and ammunition, obviously you're going to need to resupply on ammunition if you're taking fire. Uh, and of course, capture material. How are you getting this this sensitive information out of the area ports to be analyzed by higher that falls under supply that leads us to command and signal so when we talk about signal we're talking about columns plain and simple with signal we're talking frequencies call signs your pyrotechnics and signals whether that's flares flags signal mirrors whatever whatever you're using
1: Co-words, pro words, right. Challenge and passwords, everything
0: your code words, everything. Yes, that all falls under signal. How are band,
1: you re- communicating with your dudes? How are you giving orders? How are they receiving orders? How are how's everyone staying abreast of the situation? How's everyone keeping in communication with each other? Correct. How are you controlling your dudes?
0: Right. That also includes your command, which is your leader location and the establishment of the chain of command and where they're going to be. So that's the five. Super simple, as you can tell, paragraphs of an operation order and outboard situation, mission, execution, service support, and command and signal. <laughs> now you can see why all of our eyes glazed over.
1: Right, but that's also you know this is the structure that Big Army uses, right? Correct.
0: You this is so entirely up to the leaders on if they want to use that. But that's, like you said, yes, that is exactly what big army uses. And it's, oh, it is a pain, but it does, it is all encompassing is all the information you could ever want and need and never want or need. But, but
1: with big army being as big and as army as it is, that's what it naturally became. So, correct. Using that framework, abbreviating it, you know, cutting out the fat, using only what you need. Highly recommended, hundred percent. And very, very glad whenever we put that out. So, actions to take after you give your op order. So, uh, your leaders, your junior leaders, they need to be highlighting the next head time, the next hard time. Okay, give your time hack that you know, that you want for these tasks to be taken and then ask for any questions. Demand questions, because there's going to be some and these questions are going to prove to be invaluable because definitely,
0: definitely don't skip over questions because they may have seen something or have thought of something that you missed. And that could be critical in the planning phase and the execution phase.
1: And, Questions will prove where you are lacking in your communication with your dudes. If all of your junior leaders don't understand, you know, this paragraph, they don't understand this skimming maneuver, then that shows what you need to be sure to highlight next time. Right. You need all of your guys on the same page. That is the whole point of an op order.
0: That shows your deficiencies.
1: Right. And you should always be trying to improve. Always. All right, something that we touched on earlier, but we'll dig into a little bit, is the FRAGO, or the Fragmentary Order. So, by definition, FRAGO is an abbreviated form of an operation order, usually issued daily, which eliminates the need for restating portions of the op order. How this is seen in practice is that it's issued after an op order in order to modify it, Or to execute a branch or sequel to that order, so you're changing parts of the plan, or you're adding stuff onto that plan. So you can, so you can give the best, most pristine, you know, fully all-encompassing op order ever, and then you're still going to get three or four fragiles before you actually (laughs) get to your objective, because or you even leave the base because things change and that's the whole point of a Frago, right? So Frago is used. All right, we just gave you guys this hour-long op order. Now, instead of restating that entire thing so that everyone's back on the same page, we only changed, you know, two or three things or we only changed this, this and this, right? We're not going to go through the entire op order. We're going to only, you know, tell you what needs to change. We're only going to tell you what's pertinent to the new situation at hand right so you're not wasting people's time right and a lot of this is you know as frustrating as it is a lot of this is very very important information very critical information that you know if you don't get this frago you're not completing the mission you know as it actually stands so incredibly important stuff all right so actions purpose operations and tasks so purpose is the why of your mission statement it's followed by the words in order to it's the most important component of the mission statement so your purpose it's the desired it's the intended result of a tactical operation related to the enemy or your desired situation or purpose of your mission so your mission statement so uh we'll we'll give an example we'll we'll put this chart up on our on the Instagram so you guys can see it. But an example would be okay, Charlie 1, you're going to clear Hill 5 in order to disrupt in order to fix in order to neutralize the enemy. So it's giving you a framework on you know what you'll receive. You know, from higher headquarters, when you receive these missions, hey, we need you to do this in order to, you know, accomplish this mission in order to, you know, aid in this task, which leads us to
0: terrain model. Yay, terrain models! Oh my gosh, these are—I can't tell you how many terrain models I've done. Terrain models, sand tables, uh. The bane of my existence. All of it. Yeah. Every
1: time. That's enough.
0: Yeah. So what a terrain model is, a terrain model is a scaled map. It is the most effective way, essentially, to visually communicate the route, your patrol, and all the details of your what they want to call the action on objective, what you're going to do when you hit that X. At the very minimum, it's used to display routes of the objective and highlight prominent terrain features. So you're actually constructing, you're actually building by hand the area you're and going tool. to. By hand an e-tool. Yes. Sorry. Yes, with an e-tool as well. It. Yeah.
1: So these uh, get very tedious, very in depth. Yes, <laughs> these get very in depth. The purpose of the terrain model. So what we're talking about with the op order, you when you're giving an op order, you are literally taking all of your guys that you're going to use for this operation, and you're walking them around this terrain model, so these guys can visually see with depth. You'll take 550 core and you'll lay over grid lines. Mm-hmm. you'll use rocks or sticks to point out your North seeking arrow. You were giving these guys the warmiest and fuzziest of warm and fuzzies. Yep. So that when they actually get to the X, they have a better idea of what's going on. So they can think of themselves on this
0: terrain model. Correct. You're giving right? your objective so, location. You're giving very, very exaggerated terrain relief and op- water obstacles. You're giving friendly patrol locations, your targets for indirect fire, including grid and type of round. If you have mortars or indirect fire of any kind, you're giving your routes, your primary and your alternate versions of them, your planned release points. I've seen multiple
1: terrain models with blown up objectives. So you could say, hey, you know, this is the block, you know, the city block that we're going into. All right, let's walk over to this terrain mall and you could have a glass house of your of your building or this hill so when we would make terrain models we would literally take our e-tools and if there was a hill or a ridge line or a ditch or anything you would map that out on the ground you would raise up hills or ridges you would cut in for depressions or uh, drainage ditches or anything we had a little tote that we'd keep in our vehicle that had little army men yeah, Yes. that you could actually put in. All right. These guys are going to be here. This is your support by fire. This is your, you know, adjacent units. This is, you know, everything you could have little vehicles. I've, I've seen it all literally, like I said, taking 550 cord with, uh, with tent stakes and plotting out grid lines. So someone can look at their map you know team leaders can look at their map they can you know pull out their quarterback sleeve and they can see that map on the ground and they can interact with that so tedious yes but also very important for you guys to be able to visualize and conceptualize what your what information you're trying to give them Correct. also goes without saying that after you're done with the turning model,
0: you need to destroy it I was going to say that. <laughs> Beat you to Yes. Right. Yes. At the very end, all that work you put into it, you get to destroy it. Rip it apart. Yep. Bury it. We say this in case the enemy happens to come upon the site where you had the train model. They won't know what you're planning. They won't know what you're looking at or anything. It just looks like you screwed around in the dirt a little bit.
1: And preferably you'd so doesn't even look like that, but fair. Right. You do not want them to see because, you know, with a lot of this stuff with, you know, big army, your tactical mission graphics are all standardized. So if you're a well-informed peer, then you're going to know what a suburb of fire mission graphic looks like or a grenadier or a specific vehicle or a, Headquarters element or, you know, different size elements, you know, squad, section, platoon, you know, everything, right? So you cannot allow the enemy to get that information. It
0: was back to OPSEC.
1: Do you have anything for uh, anything else for Terrain Dude, all, man?
0: No. no.
1: <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, that was chapter two of our Ranger Handbook of Bridge series. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks just a lot for you know listening to the end. We obviously had a lot of fun with this. A lot of the stuff is super dry and I know this was a short episode, but a good probably half, three quarters of this chapter was just examples of these different OpOrder, Warno, Frago formats in, in different contexts. So we will provide the, uh, I guess just based templates for these for these orders for these uh for these reports but this is a a very admin-y uh type class because you're going to have to pick this up you know if you ever if you ever do have to step up this is
0: incredibly useful information and incredibly useful frameworks for you make sure you follow us hard time strongman podcast on ig patreon and discord servers coming soon Stay tuned. We got some fun stuff in the works.
1: Thanks a lot for listening, guys. As always, stay safe and stay in the fight.